Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, February 24th, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others on the bottom of page 91. We will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with, when he sees you know, and ends on the top of page 92 with some of his own. Today's readers are Tamara C., Stacy J., Lisa B., and Russ M. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, February 23rd, 2020 special edition meeting is 14,160. That's 14160. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tamara C. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, Tamara C., South Carolina, compulsive eater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you for doing service, Chamber C. I will now ask Stacy J to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, this is Stacy J, Recovered Food Addict in Toronto, Canada. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Stacy J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we are in chapter seven, working with others on the bottom of page 91. We will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with, when he sees you know and ends on the top of page 92 with some of his own. I will now ask Lisa B. to go ahead and read that for us. 
Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. When he sees you know all about the drinking game, commence to describe yourself as an alcoholic. Tell him how you how baffled you were, how you finally learned that you were sick. Give him an account of the struggles you made to stop. Show him the mental twist which leads to the first drink of a spree. We suggest you do this as we have done it in the chapter on alcoholism. If he is an alcohol if he is alcoholic, he will understand you at once. He will match your mental inconsistencies with some of his own. So um, this is my conversation that I'm having with this prospect. And this person now sees that I know all about my eating game. So I, I want to begin to describe myself as a compulsive overeater. And it says, tell them how baffled you were. And I love that word, baffled, because that is the whole foundation of the illness. You know, it wants me to be baffled. It wants me to be confused. The moment I begin to get clarity and definition and understanding and boundaries, um, it knows that it's lung power is going to be snuffed out soon. So the illness really counts on me being baffled. And we are a baffled lot. We are definitely, I was a baffled person when I came in here. I couldn't understand. I was successful in other areas of my life. Why? Why is this thing such a problem? It's just food for goodness sake. So I want to give this person a, a description of the mental twist the mental blank spots. And I share with this person that what helped me was beginning to understand that the mind is the worst aspect of this illness and that that is where the disease resides. It's in my mind. And the thing that was so powerful for me to learn was that once I get the remedy, the spiritual remedy, and I, I do start to share that, but some people may say it's too soon, but that the 12 steps treats the mind. It treats the mind, and that's where the recovery begins. So I show this person through stories, just like they did in More About Alcoholism with the, the, the three examples. I begin to give examples of how I thought like over any length of time, surely now enough time has gone by, I could have this item and it won't be a problem. And I share with them how sometimes I could have it and I won't have a binge. But three days later, I would have a binge and I would think that I'm choosing that binge. I didn't know that my body was mandated and driving me to have that binge. So I explain different examples. And um, it says, if he is alcoholic, he will understand me at once. He will match my mental inconsistencies with some of his own. So, you know, just like in sales, I was taught the more I can get my prospect to talk, you know, it's a good, it's a good thing. The more I can get this prospect to share with me their experience, it's a good thing. I can begin to understand where they're coming from. But I want to show them. I don't want to just tell them. I really want to show them through sharing my experience of what happened to me and how baffling this was and that it's really it's really not just about the food. You know, it's so much more than that and that the clarity is the key. Beginning to get clarity and definition is the key. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Lisa B. Well, if you haven't shared in this meeting in the past couple of days, no, I would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 91 in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. And I heard Nahama. Janice Pia. Michelle T. Reba P. Okay, wait, wait one second. I got Janice P. M. 
I already forgot who was after Janice. I'm so sorry. Michelle P. Who was P. after Janice? Oh, yeah. Michelle P. was it? Yes. Nessa R. Teresa P. And who? Teresa P. And Teresa P. Teresa B. C. C. Thank you. Yep. Was someone else trying to get in, or did everybody who wants to please say their name? I'm going to tell you who I wrote down, and if I missed you, then you can speak up. Nahama, Janice P.M., Michelle P., Nessa R., Reva P., and Teresa C. Did I miss someone? Oh, that's much better. (laughs) Okay. I guess I got you all. (laughs) I find that surprising. Nahama, go right ahead. Now I don't hear anything. Nahama? Yeah, had to get unmuted. Um, What was baffling to me, you know, I was being asked to admit that I'm powerless. And I, I saw that I could be abstinent for, you know, several days at a time. And... It seemed to me that I had power or control or whatever over my eating. I wasn't powerless because I had these days of abstinence. So, but then I couldn't go for more than a few days without binging, and I didn't, you know. And and what fin- what finally became clear to me is that there was some kind of mental twist that would happen for me, some kind of, um, you know, pull that I was not aware of what was pulling me. And later I learned that when um, when I'm holding a resentment, when I've been dishonest, when I'm afraid, you know, any of these mind states that, pulled me out of the presence in the moment would, um, you know, be the catalyst for my picking up the food and in a compulsive way. I, I can rem- I'm flashing back now. I remember, I, I think I was about 23 years old and I, I was, I opened the refrigerator and I pulled out a tub of uh, like a one pound tub of a product. I don't know if you mentioned food on this line, a product that people, you know, like spread, like take like maybe a tablespoon of, and I was scooping it out with my hand and I, I was totally baffled. What I'm getting sick. Why am I doing this to myself? And when I when I picked up the phone and called my sponsor and started to share what was unconscious started to reveal itself and what what the thoughts were that were going through my head is you're selfish, you're selfish, you're selfish. And when I was a little girl, I used to get beaten. And that was exactly what the man who beat me said, you're selfish, you're selfish selfish and you know it was um it was quite remarkable and it was my first awareness 
that what pulled me, I mean, even today, you know, by God's grace, I follow a plant-based whole food diet. So there's, I don't get physiological cravings. But even when I did get physiological cravings, you know, if, if I was centered, if I was present in the moment, if I was connected to my higher power, my higher self, then, you know, I could withstand the, the discomfort. Was that time? Yes, it was. I heard time. Thank you. I'll just finish my yes, sentence. Uh, I could withstand the, the, with, you know, the discomfort. But, um, you know, if I was in one of those states that was keeping me out of the present moment, out of my higher self, then I could not. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Nahama. What's the first initial of your last name? G, like good. Are you still Gee, that's what I thought. Thanks, Nahama, for sharing. Janice PM. Well, <clears throat> good morning to you, Rebecca, and everyone on the line. My name is Janice PM, a recovered compulsive overeater. When he sees you know all about the drinking game, see, this is, we've already, this is the second part, I call it the second part of the plan that you're reeling this newcomer in. So you have a general conversation in the beginning. That's this previous paragraph. Now you're getting, now he's listening to you and you're telling him and trying to have him identify with me. So when he sees that I know, well, it's not about intellect. It's all about my experience with my diet. See, I go into that part of thing. Have you ever been on a diet? They go, oh, many times. <laughs> and then I say, yeah, you know, and then we talk. And how many times did I, you know, try to control it or, you know, go to a doctor and get some pills or whatever. But then I would be sitting. I would give them examples of my experience that would, that would um, explain my mental twist. For example, I would say... Um, my experience, which it used to happen, I'd be watching television and all of a sudden my mind, my head would be in the freezer, you know, for ice cream, period, end of story. And it would be there and it would be there and it would be there until it drove me to the freezer to pick up that ice cream. That's the mental twist that I had. That's the, that was the obsession. I talk about that and they go, oh, yeah. I used to do that, riding by a bakery, and I smelled it or whatever. The, and that's how we get them in, to identify with my problem. Because I'm not going to convince anybody <laughs> of what I know or of anybody else that I know. It's going to be me. Then they will know. They won't just know of, but they'll know that, gee, this one here, she's been through this. And that's what I've been through. So there'll be a lot of identification and they'll, you know, and I was so shameful and I was, you know, trying to control it myself, et cetera. I don't, I don't usually really mention the physics. I mean, unless I get to know where they've been, what they have, if they've been in relapse or whatever. I don't mention the spiritual because I did when I first started and it really drove them. You know, you're going to have to have personal God, blah, blah. They ran away. Because, you know, a lot of people are not there with any uh, superior, uh, supreme being. So I don't even mention that at this time. 
And I want them to, hopefully by the grace of God, to match their mental inconsistencies with my mental inconsistencies, you know, because my job is, is really to just have a dialogue, not me talking, but a dialogue. Yeah, I did this. Oh, I did this too. And I think that helps a lot. And then, of oh. course, like it was, is, is it time for me, Rebecca? It is, Janice. Oh, yeah. okay, good. All right. So I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. Thank you for the privilege. Okay. Thank you, Janice P.M. Michelle P. Hi, this is Michelle P. from Detroit. Um, I don't get to share very often. I'm at work, and thank you for putting up with my background noise. And I'm not supposed to be on the phone, so we might get cut off. Um, I really appreciate this meeting, and I still never get to share, but I'm offline right now. Uh, about this mental twist, it's a really good one. Um, for me, it's not about thinking about the food, but this is very important. And for me... This one, um, in early recovery, it would, I'd be like driving in the car, it was a great day, beautiful, like just left a meeting, sunshine, and all of a sudden my mind would go to a thought, like where did that come from? Like I would think about, start thinking, start thinking about what a jerk my brother-in-law is. And I would just entertain that thought, and it would just get worse and worse and worse and I'm like wait a minute every time I think about what a jerk he is it always leads to the same place you know me going off on a bitch so I would gong out that thought like the gong show and do not think about that and catch myself in the thought and just start thinking about people I know in recovery and they're having a great day today and think about my higher power, and you can't think of two things at once, you know, think about the serenity prayer, and stop it in the thought, and that way you don't have to think about uh, going off on your binge. Anyway, that's the psychic work to me. All right, <laughs> they're calling for me to get back to work, so thank you very much. I really appreciate you guys, all your service. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Michelle P. Nessa R. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. Um, I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Uh, what struck me this morning is the phrase drinking games. Um, and it brought back the memory of uh, the passage in Bill's story where he says that he stilled Lois's forebodings about his drinking by telling her that men, men of genius conceive their best ideas while drunk. And um, I played those games too. I played those games outside of the room, you know, by, you know, trying to pull the wool over the eyes of family, friends, doctors, you know, telling them lies by, you know, um, playing games in my own mind, you know, to, you know, to fool myself, like, you know, going to weddings and not eating a thing and then, you know, in front of other people and then coming home and binging my head off on whatever I could find. But even in the rooms of OA, you know, like I remember having sponsors who do, did, did not know anything about my religion and 
um, I justified and rationalized why specific food items were essential um, for my fulfillment of, um, you know, religious practices. And then going along with, and then then going along with it because, um, you know, because they didn't know better, and so I played these games, and and to whose detriment to mine? It didn't hurt, you know, my sponsor. It didn't hurt my doctor. I mean, I would say it did hurt my family and my friends, but uh, you know, not in the the physical sense. I was only really fooling myself and hurting myself um, in, in that sense of the word. Um, and you know, the the first requirement in the recovery process is to stop playing the games, stop playing the games. You know, um, one of the questions I asked on is to identify trigger foods, trigger ingredients, trigger behaviors, et cetera, is what foods, ingredients, behaviors are you always negotiating over? Because you know what? I don't negotiate over celery. Somebody tells me, you know, you cannot eat celery ever again. Um, I will not negotiate. But I negotiated over the coffee, for example, which is one of my, well, probably was one of my last two uh, ingredients, foods to, 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 to go. Um, that raises a red flag. But ultimately, you know, it's the responsibility of the person um, because whatever my sponsors decide or, or, or not decide to eat or not eat, I'm still going to be abstinent. I'm still going to be recovered. But how badly do you want to recover? Do you want it more than you want to hold on? to the games and to the specific things. Uh, for me, the answer was no. And the beautiful thing is that, you know, once recovered, I don't really care about those things. I would not take coffee back, even if somebody promised me that it wouldn't hurt me, that it wouldn't affect my, my abstinence, it wouldn't affect my recovery, because for me, it isn't worth it. Um, so that willingness to stop playing the games, it is so crucial as um first step in um, the recovery journey and with that I pass thank you thank you Nessa R Reva P good morning this is Reva P grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto Um, you know when it says tell him or let him let him see that you know you know all about the drinking you know, I had been in contact with healthcare professionals who intellectually knew about um, overeating. But when I came into my first meeting and I saw people who knew from living it, from living in the hell that I was living in, um, who were not living that way anymore, that was a totally different experience. So I love how strategic. Bill is, you know, he learned from his mistakes, um, and he learned how to approach um, the person who is still suffering. And it's all about creating this uh, crisis and helping the person understand the fatal nature of this disease. Because I need to understand when I came in why I need to work these steps, why a diet won't work. So he's first really outlining and explaining, um, and this is what I do with new prospects as part of these instructions, really bring home the problem because otherwise I'll just keep trying to diet. So I love that it's a person who knows from experience and it's a person who is equipped with the facts and the truth about this disease, that this is more than a physical allergy. I can't just avoid my allergic foods and be good to go. 
because at some point I am going to be driven, driven right back to the thing that kills me. And I love how he mentions twice, mental twist, mental inconsistencies. That is the crux of my problem. And I had no idea. I had no idea. I was like in a food fog, in a trance. I had no idea why my hand was on the fridge handle. How did I get here? And when people put into words what was going on in their mind, um, I was so able to identify because like it says in the AA 12 and 12 in the first step, who wants to be rigorously honest? Who wants to go and find God and do an inventory and all this stuff? That wasn't my goal when I came into program. My goal was to fix the food, get control, which is the word I used, and get out of here. So I need to understand why I need to do this. And last, I love how it says, I learned I learned and I'm still learning that I am a sick person getting well. My vocabulary always included bad, good, bad day with the food, good day with the food. That, thank you, God, has just been lifted. Um, and um, yeah, with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva P. Teresa C. Good morning. This is Teresa C. from Western Mass. I absolutely have to say I love all the shares today. They're they're just amazing. Um, so when I thought about this paragraph, I wanted to focus on the word baffled. And I looked it up, and it means bewilder or perplex. And I can tell you that I am still baffled by this disease every day. It, it just blows me away. And I just don't get it. And And What's even more shocking is when I look at other people with different addictions or afflictions different than mine, my first reaction is, why don't you just stop? And they could be getting a real high, a measurable high, say, from alcohol. Yeah, I don't understand it. But then I remember I have the same issue with food, and it doesn't even come with a measurable high, but it sure comes with horrible consequences. And I sure know that the mental relief that I get from engaging in these physically destructive eating behaviors, it's incredible. I know I can't stop on my own. I don't understand why I can't stop on my own. It seems like it should be easy, and it's not. And that's why I'm here. I have no willpower. I have no control. I'm a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety but boy, do I have a solution. And it's contained in this book, and it's in these steps, and it's with this fellowship. And when I sit down and think about it, I recognize I have an allergy of the body, an obsession of the mind, and I'm suddenly less baffled. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Teresa C. So it's time to take more names if you'd like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 91. Chuck K. Carol, Carol. Chuck K. Jackie B. Oh, I couldn't help that. Carol K. Santa A. Carol K. Santa A. Jackie B. I got you, Jackie B. Marjo. 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 
I was unmuting and I missed the page number. Bottom of 91 to top of 92. Thank you. I'll tell well, you who I wrote down and you'll see if you... I didn't catch that. What? Excuse me for interrupting. What book are we reading from? Okay. Um, I can't understand what you're saying. If you asked what we're... We're in the big book of AA. Is that what you asked? Um, let me tell you who I heard. Chuck K., Carol K., Jackie B., Santa H., and Marge O., did I miss anyone, or does anyone else want to get their name in? Bottom of 91, top of 92, one paragraph. Okay, Chuck K., please go right ahead. Chuck K. Hey, this is Chuck. I was getting unmuted. Can you hear me now? Yes, good morning, Chuck. Hey, sorry about that. So this is an exciting time. Um, I've got somebody that seems interested in the program, and because it's an exciting time, I have to remember that I still need to place myself under the care and direction of God. And I have to remember that I have footwork to do, and I have to let the results be up to God. And this is one of the times that I will talk about food. I don't really like talking about food too much once we have the food plan established and the importance of abstinence and the things that they need to do uh, for that. But this is a time that I can talk about the crazy things that I did with food. And boy, do I have a lot of funny stories about the crazy things I've done. And I remember it takes me back to when I first began program and I started to become aware that what was driving that crazy behavior was the the mental twist and the allergy of the body. And I remember, and I still think this now, I would never have put those together had it not been for program. I never would have been aware that my behavior and the way I treated people was driving that awful feeling that I had deep down inside. And really what was going on was my body was just trying not to feel miserable all the time because of the way I lived in this world. And then I could start talking about a power outside of myself, and it doesn't matter what that is. And I have to understand that, that this per- I may not be the right sponsor for this person. I may not be the right catalyst for this person's recovery. And you know what? That's okay. Maybe I've just planted a seed. You know, really, it doesn't matter what I've done. But what I have done is I have focused on my footwork, and I have allowed God to focus on the results, because that was always the problem. That was the problem I always had. I'm always wanting to do God's job, and then I get ticked off at God when he won't do the things that I'm supposed to do. And that was the problem, and that was a wonderful awareness that I had. So I'm glad for this meeting. I'm glad for this work. I'm glad for these specific instructions where all I have to do is find what the big book says and go do just do that without adding and subtracting what I think is right, and everything will be fine. So thank you for letting me share this morning. Thank you, Chuck K. 
Kay, Carol Kay. Carol Kay. Oh, this is Carol Kay. Thank you for the meeting, and thank you, everybody, for being on the line. My name is Carol Kay. I'm from uh, Michigan. Um, I was in physical therapy, and we, this woman and myself were on the bikes. We had to ride bikes for 10 minutes. And um, we were talking, and she was telling me that, you know, she had this operation on her stomach, and she just eats too much, you know. I said, well, I'm in a program. And um, she goes, well, is it Overeaters Anonymous? And I said, yes, it is. Oh, she says, I have a friend that goes, you know, to program. And she does really well. So we were talking, and she told me what she eats. And, you know, I critique her plant, you know, her eating, that she had that operation. Um, I said, do you want to leave your number with me? So we exchanged telephone numbers, and I've tried to call her, and I always get her voicemail. You know, to me, that's working with others. I was, you know, doing my best to carry the message. And now I, you know, I carry the message, and I can't leave any more messages because she doesn't respond to me, you know, to call me back. So, um... I just wanted to say that, that I believe that's working with others. Uh, so I just have to, you know, go on and do the program, not my program, because when I did my program, forget it. It never worked. But I do the program, the OA program, and I follow the, direct, the directions and do what they suggest and... Uh, Thank you, God. You know, I'm making progress one day at a time. So I hope I made some sense. But anyhow, um, that's all. And uh, thank you again for leaving the meeting. And I'll leave my telephone number after. And thanks, everybody, for being on the line. And I'll mute. Thanks, Carol Kay. Jackie B. Jackie? Can you hear me now? Can you hear yes. me? Yes. Are you Jackie? Okay. Yes, yeah. I'm Jackie Are B. from the Bronx. Thank you. Yes. Um, hi. I. You know, it's funny. I've been in program over 20-some-odd years, 26, I think. And, you know, I've done the program all different ways. And you know what? Today... I have the strongest program I've ever had in my whole entire life because I'm not God. And what I do is I'm really grateful for all the experiences I've had in and out of OA because my experience can help somebody else because, you know, I was a martyr, and I'm not the martyr anymore. Now I tell people this is how I recover today. Um if you, you know, I tell them the stories and they can identify. I've told them all about the different fruit pans that this program has had, all these other stuff. But today, because I finally heard the message from the big book, and even now when I go to meetings, it's amazing how I learn more about myself 
and more about how I can change, how I can be a better human being, um, that I'm amazed. And that's what comes out when I share to another person who's maybe interested. I can't get you better, but I know a way that you can get better if you're willing. If the pain is hard enough and you want relief, if you want not to have the noise in your head every day telling you this, that, and the other thing, if you don't want the food to tell you how to live, if you don't want to, you know, get into car accidents because you're reaching out for a bag or a box in the car, if you want to um, not leave your child, you know, in the house while you run for a food run, if you want to, you know, be willing to say, hey, I can't change my child, my husband, my sister, my, my, my coworker, this program every day and be willing to be a better human being in life, to have integrity, to have love, to have the willingness to say there is a solution, but you got to be willing. And, you know, even when I work with somebody, I say, listen, I don't know if this is for you. I give them my experience, and then I say, listen, there's a couple of podcasts from A Vision for You that I, I like to listen to that help me get what the program's about. Why don't you listen to that first? And if you really want, this is my number. I'm here. I'm, a, I'm willing to go through the big book with you, and I'm willing to help you. This is how I got clean. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie B. Santa H. Santa H. Good morning. My name is Santa H. Now I do. Thank you, Rebecca, for hearing me. And good morning to my fellows. And thank you to Team Monday for... um, your service as well. My name is Santa H. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Montclair, New Jersey, but presently calling in from Powder Springs, Georgia, and so grateful that I can be sharing on a meeting today while I'm on vacation. Um, what was just popping out at me or going through my mind is that um, Typically, the people that I'm attracted to are those who are familiar with um, Overeaters Anonymous, and um, they come to me for for help. And so, I find that's been helpful for me is that I I'm driving them into the book as quickly as I can because the first four chapters covers the baffling,ness, the inconsistency, the mental twist, um, the behaviors, and it's not talking about the solution yet. And I let them identify in. I share my experience, but I try to keep it off of me and try to get them get into the book and allow them to identify in. Does this, does this ring a bell for you? Can you identify in with this? And let them decide for themselves whether they are hard, I mean, um, a moderate heart or a real compulsive overeater. And I, I'm just so grateful how this book is laid out because it actually does the work for me. And um, and that's what, you know, it says here in, in here, it says, you know, so um, suggest that you do um, what they've done in the chapter on alcoholism. So it's, it's just reminding me that I just go through the book 
I, I allowed them to listen to, to a podcast or two on, on, on step one. I allowed them to listen to other voices of other recovered people as well um, by reaching out to them and calling them because I want them to be able to get their own experience by going through this, this step one. And, and um, with that, I pass. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you for sharing, Santa H. Marge L. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Marge O. from Walpole, Massachusetts, and I wanted to speak to this um, paragraph because I just so remember that when I found out about OA and started to learn about the obsession and and the 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 obsession and also about the quirky little mind stuff that goes on with me it was such a relief it was such a relief to go somewhere so that when i talked to somebody about about program and i for a lot of years i owned a small store and it was mostly women that came in and i was local so people knew me they knew how heavy i had been and they could see that I was a normal weight in maintaining that. And they wanted to know. They wanted to know. But as many of you have spoken to this morning, you do have to find out if they are really serious or if they're looking for the miracle cure. Oh, was it this diet? Was it that diet? For many people, as soon as I told them, well, I go, I go to meetings and I don't eat this, the certain things that I don't eat anymore because I found when I did, I couldn't stop. I absolutely couldn't stop. And a lot of people would relate to that, but they weren't willing to do that. And I am one person who thought when I first came in, I felt that relief immediately. Oh, my word, I have somewhere to go. Somebody knows my secret, and it's okay that the secret is out. And to share that with people, and I've had dozens of people that I've shared with it. So either I've done a bad job of explaining what this program can do for you, or they just couldn't do it. They they just weren't willing. But I turn that over to my higher power. Anytime I get an opportunity, and I know that it's the right time, because I did learn to discern, because in the beginning I wanted everybody to come, and, you know, that doesn't work. And I had to learn, and God bless all of you, because that's who I learned from. But it's a marvelous program, and I am delighted to be a part of Vision. And thank you all. I'll pass. Thanks, Marjo. We have time for two or three more shares, if anybody else wants to share on the bottom of 91 to the top of... Sandra A. Sandra S. Oklahoma City. Sandra S. Kelly S. Irene B. Kelly S. Irene B. Okay, I'll put you down, Irene. I'll put you down, Kelly S. and Irene B. And I think we'll see if we have time for all three of you. Go right ahead, Sandra S. Uh, good morning to all of my fellows, and thank all of you for doing the service to OA. I just wanted to state this morning that back in the 
forward of the big book, the second edition, uh, it states <clears throat> at the top of page XVII that it is also indicated that the strenuous work that's needed in AA, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. So what we're reading on page 92 is a shadowing and follow-up to that very information in the forward second edition way back in the history of AA. And I just want to encourage everyone uh, in the uh, program to continue the work of spreading how and what it is that the program is and determining those that are in need of this program because there is not a day that goes by that someone does not ask me about the physical changes that they have seen in my person. And so I just wanted to encourage you this morning to keep doing what it is that we do. We are needed. Uh, there are many people uh, in the world that we have the opportunity to help them succeed and be well and enjoy life and to live. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra S. Kelly S. Hey, guys. Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for your service. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mother Okie. So I'm going to put a little bit of a different twist on this paragraph today because it's how it speaks to me where I'm at. So, um, you know, I've shared with you guys that part of my story and what I feel like my experience, strength, and hope today is to help the um, chronic relapser like myself who've been around for decades in these rooms. So, you know, I work with a lot of people who relapse. A lot of people call me who've been around like me wanting to know what was different, right? So uh, when I read this paragraph, what I thought was when he sees you know all about the relapsing game, commence to describe yourself as the real recovered compulsive overeater. Um, tell him how baffled you were. You know, I've been around these rooms for 30 years. I thought I had done the stuff, right? I had done 90 meetings and 90 days, and I ate again. I had done several tool programs, and I ate again. You know, I, I uh, did answered questions out of booklets, and I ate again. I was Miss OA, self-appointed, of course, in Tulsa, and I ate again. I did conventions. I did retreats, and I ate again. You know, and, and then I learned that I was sick. So you're thinking, what the heck? It took you that long? Well, why? I was brought back to this big book. I had realized that um, I had a spiritual malady, and I started sharing that with them because I'm, this is a different place I'm talking about, right? So what I realized, I told them, as I was still trying to control this thing through tools and meetings and, and just all of the uh, stuff I mentioned about. And so then I said, given an account of the struggles you made to stop, all those things I just talked with you about, you know, the mental twist that I thought I had this, you know, I thought I finally had this under control because I was just here to stop my eating and I had done that and I lost my weight numerous times in these rooms. And so I was under, you know, I had it under control, but I didn't understand the spiritual malady, right? So then what happened is I found out, guess what? There's instructions in the big book. 30 years later, there are instructions in the big book and going back to basics, you know, we call this the Renaissance, Renaissance of OA. And then I found out here's where the answer is. I have to have a spiritual solution to my spiritual malady, and there is hope. And then they finally understand. You know, it's like they call me, and they want to know what's different. I work the instructions. 
You know, I do like it's laid out, and I do it every day. And, yes, this is, I am a baffle I don't understand this disease. I don't understand this program. Today I'm willing to work it. I put the food down black and white. I pick up the spiritual toolkits, and I do the work every day. And so I'm just grateful today I get to share that experience, strength, and hope with that with newcomers and with the people who've been around like me for years. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Kelly S. Irene D., we have time. Irene B. Irene? Are you talking away and we don't know? <laughs> there you are. You got it. Yep, hmm. I was talking and talking away. So <laughs> sorry. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B. Gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yes, I was talking away. I will say that I'm thankful for all these instructions. I need a lot of instructions. And thank you all for the beautiful, beautiful, powerful shares. The baffling of the mind, uh, God, that, you know, I think that we have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, and uh, I think that some people suffer more from the allergy of the body or the obsession of the mind in different degrees, but there's a combo in there, but for me, the food was, you wouldn't believe what a problem it's been since age six. It's, it's like the biggest problem on earth, the biggest possible. And now that is under under control, and it seems like the baffling of the mind, the stuff that's in the mind is infinitely more powerful than the food ever was. So for me, it's all in the mind. It's like it's, all, it's not about the food unless it's about the food, and it's all about the food until it's not about the food. Well, I'm at the until it's not about the food part, but I'm grateful to remember what it's been like to go through that whole process so I can better relate because I have amnesia and and my disease progressed so much that I have forgotten a lot of aspects about it. And hearing about it makes me remember, which makes me, more equipped, better equipped to help those newcomers. But you know what? We also need help with the old comers. We we need help with everyone. And I think it's important to understand where we are in our journey so that we can be more effective in how to speak to people with regard to what they need to hear. And I think that my time is coming up, so I better pass. Thank you for listening. Actually, you had time on the clock, Irene. Does anybody else want? No? That's okay. You know what? The time is now 7.55 Eastern time. Thank you so much, Irene. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Monday, February 24th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 14,162. That's 14162. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Russ M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning, Rebecca. Russ M., recover compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great. Events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.